Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Transitional Wisdom Podcast, where we talk about all things trans related from all different sorts of perspectives. And today we have a very special guest. I would like to welcome Blair to the podcast. Welcome, Blair. Hello. How are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Good. Um, So can you just introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us some stuff about yourself. Yeah, um, I'm Blair. I'm uh, 23 years old. I'm a trans woman. I... um, am a film director um and uh i'm an aquarius <laughs> me too awesome <laughs> <laughs> now i feel left out <laughs> what are you cody capricorn nice that's okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't know anything about that stuff really aside from my own just from over the years of learning but <laughs> we'll have to see <laughs> um so let's let's just dive right in so, um, we, Cody and I have touched on our coming out experiences previously, mm-hmm. and that's something that I know I'm super interested in with other people because I find it interesting to see, you know, what others have had to go through to get to the point they're at at that moment or whatever. So if you're comfortable, we'd love to hear anything you'd like to share about your experience, what, what that was like for you. Um, well, I had, um, I think other trans people have had this experience. I've had like a few coming outs. Um, <laughs> so like the first time I came out, um, I came out as bisexual to my mom. I wrote a note to her, um, and it was all good. She's very accepting. Um, the second time I did it, um, I just texted her and that also worked. Um, <laughs> I came out when I came out as, um, trans to my high school there was like this huge assembly that we have it's called like unity day and it's supposed to be like celebrating differences and um they have like the whole school in the auditorium and i they have like two um what's the word i'm looking for two uh two they have it twice so like because it's it's not a big enough auditorium okay so um i had to come out to my whole school twice um, all at once. I mean, it got it out of the way. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, that's insane. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, I had people like telling me that I was brave and stuff like I didn't have a lot of negative feedback right away. And if I did, it was like, not really like brought to me. It was like, I would hear about it, um, from the people, but it was the most reaction I got was like positive reactions. Um, but yes, and, that's how I came out. And how old were you when this happened? I was, uh, 
I have to think about it now. I think I was 17, I think. Okay. I was either 16 or 17. Okay. So after you, after you did finally come out, um, and was this, was this as bi or was this as trans? This was as trans. Okay. But then I didn't start um, presenting as female for like another year. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. did, and so did, so you started doing that process in high school though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I started, I started hormones like as soon as I graduated. Uh, and, but I started like, um, presenting as female, like a few months before that, um, while I was still in high school, um, and the first time I actually, the first time I like went out as Blair, um, <laughs> um, I, it was to my high school's winter formal and I wore this like white dress and I, oh I looked hot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Good for you. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. And was it well received? Uh, even when you uh, had taken yeah, that most stuff? People didn't recognize me right away, but I did again, I didn't really like, no one came to me with any like negative feedback. That's amazing. So that, Mm-hmm. Where where is this? Where are you where are you located? I um so I'm from Westminster, Maryland. Um, it's like probably like 45 minutes outside of Baltimore. Um, and it's not like it's definitely a conservative area. Um, we had a bring your tractor to school day. <laughs> um, so it was like wow. a mix, but it was like a, definitely I would say out of all the high schools in that area, it definitely had the most. Um, diverse group of student body just in like personality and everything like it was it was definitely uh, an okay environment for the most part I'll say yeah I mean I I, le- I wish that your experience mirrored so many others for high school like but it's sad that I mean at least from what I know that's not the typical experience so it's really cool to hear that that you had such like a warm welcome um yeah I, uh, I mean, there was obviously like some negative comments as well. Like there, I remember one time there was like some underhanded comments during class. And, um, I remember this was like, what was cool. I had people come up to me afterwards and they were like, just so you know, we're going to tell the teacher about the comment that was made. And like the next day, the teacher like made a point to bring it up and all that stuff. So like there was definitely like pushback, but there was also the other people that were there to like defend me and stuff yeah. like that. That's amazing. I mean, I feel feel like that. I don't know. I feel like that's really huge. Like I, I think about my experiences and if I had some, man, if I just had a couple of people that did that, let alone like kind of the whole school was behind you a little bit. Yeah, it definitely helped. It definitely helped. What a difference. Wow. That's amazing. Good for you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And what about your experience? Did did you go to college or did you go to like a school after high school? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to college like right afterwards. um, And I went like, I went, to a college that was like a little, um, outside of where I lived. So like not a lot of people I know went there. It's like kind of like a new start. And, um, but it was like close enough that I could still go home. But, um, I did, it was kind of like lonely at first cause I didn't really know anyone. And, um, I was, by the time I started, I was like a few, like a month or two on hormones. Okay. Um, and I wasn't like passing. Um, so like there was, it was a different area cause it's in West Virginia. Okay. So there's definitely a lot more pushback than I'm used to, but it's again, like I do have like a really great support staff. I would say my support staff is better here than it was, um, in Westminster. Okay. So again, it's like kind of, you know, it's, it's back and forth. Yeah. What, and did you ha- so when you, when you were in college then, and, and as you said, you weren't really passing right away. 
did, were people aware that you were trans? So, oh know? yeah, yeah. And people did you knew have... my name before I knew them. Oh okay. Yeah. And and did you have problems mm-hmm. there? Or was it a similar experience? Whereas, you know, a little um, easier. There were a few instances where I've had issues, mainly with like the football team, um, yeah. things like that. Um, I've had teachers like before my name was changed, um, and I like I emailed them beforehand, like accidentally called me the wrong name, and like mm. that kind of sucks. Um, but like for the most part, I would say my college experience was a good one being trans. Awesome. Um, housing was kind of shit. Um, how did you navigate but, that? Well, it always seemed like they, they, uh, boasted about being accepting and like very accommodating. And then when it came time to actually accommodate for someone that is trans, they weren't very accommodating. Okay. Um, so I kind of moved off campus as soon as I could, um, but besides that, it's it's a good campus. Like people are very supportive. It's it's a liberal arts school, and it's in a very granola town. Okay. Um, so it's a uh, it's I like it. I mean, I'm still living here. I'm okay. moving in like the end of May, but I've really enjoyed my time here. Like it's definitely made me grow as a person. Sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think I think that it's amazing that you were able to just you know kind of navigate that. I don't want to say easy, but you had a little bit of an easier time it feels like right oh yeah no I definitely and I'll I'll be the first to admit it you know like I have a family that supports me like and I've had a I haven't had a horrible um um group of friends around me my whole life so yeah um, I definitely I definitely think I'm I'm very lucky in that aspect yeah do, um, do you have a lot of friends from um like growing up or pre-transition that have supported you along the way Um, I don't really have that. I I still like follow a few people on Instagram and like, they're nice to me on there if we've known each other for a while. But most of the people I interact with on a daily, um, schedule are people that I've met after I've transitioned. Mm, Um, but, um, like I said, like, it's always positive when I do talk to people from before I transitioned that I knew. Um, yeah. So are you like, are your, is your family religious? And if so, like, how did, how do they see everything at that point? Um, so my family, I come from a, um, um, background of Judaism. Um, I'm a reformed Jew. Um, and like my temple that I went to had, um, two gay men in the, in the, um, like board of the church. I don't know what they're called. I mean the, the temple, but, um, so like I've always been exposed to it and the, and my, and the sector, the sector of religion that I have, um, been raised in and has always been very accepting of it. So, um, I would say from a religious aspect, I haven't had many issues in the Jewish aspect, but like, obviously I have more, um, Christians telling me that I'm going to hell. <laughs> right. Jews telling me um, Not even your own religion, right? <laughs> right yeah, no. Um, but that's, that's my, I, I don't really have a lot of experience with like um, the other sectors of Judaism that are a little bit more strict. Um, so I'm not sure what my um, transness would, what, what much I say? I think the reaction <laughs> from them would be different. You know okay. what I mean? There's um, conservative Judaism and then there's Orthodox Judaism. And um, those are just a lot more strict and like kind of misogynistic. So I don't know how they'd be. Um, but yeah, I've, my personal experience with religion has never been a bad one. What um, can you 
can you tell us where maybe you have had a uh, more difficult experience? Um, what if it's not at school or something like maybe uh, did you have any negative experiences at a job or something that you had to navigate how to handle? Um, I would definitely say job. I would say I I like like I said for the most part I did have good experiences, but it's always I've always noticed at least for me that negative sometimes are like louder than positive things. Mm-hmm. So like the negative things that I did receive in school um, were harsh. Okay. So like, I do think that like kind of like um, made me uh, hesitant to like trust other people in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So totally. I do think like it's built up some sort of a wall in that aspect. In terms of a job, um, the people I work with um, are all along the LGBT spectrum. Okay. Um, some, the people I work with have never um, given me issue. Um, the customers or the people that I've interacted with outside of my um, fellow employees have given me issue. Okay. Um, and that's been scary at times. Like there was one time I thought I was about to get um, fought in okay. my job. Um, and I just like went to the back and I was just like trying to like cool down. It was a lot. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So like that's that rough. was probably I would say that's probably the place I've had the most issue is my job. Okay. And how do how do you find yourself handling that? Like, do you, do you speak to like a supervisor and they help you or like, what does that look like for you? Um, so yeah, I'll I'll talk to like the people in charge and like, if someone's given me an issue, I'll report it to them. And, um, sometimes they like aren't allowed back in the store Okay. or like if they come into the store, I don't have to interact with them. Okay. Um, so like the people I work with are very willing to accommodate for me and like be very supportive and helpful. Which is, which is incredible. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm very, very lucky. Like I said, you said you're, you're surrounded by a lot of love and support, <laughs> Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, I would, so. Like, I love it. I love hearing that because we hear so much about all the negative and all the bad and how people don't support each other and all that stuff. So it's really cool that not only, not only are these people, I'm assuming most of these people are probably not trans, right? That you work with. Right. Yeah. I have so, very little <laughs> trans people in my everyday life. Right. So it's not even that you have these trans people supporting you, but to have these cis, you know, I'm assuming cis hetero people that are also being so supportive that that like, that really warms my heart. It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I'm like I said, I'm very lucky. And like, yeah. I, I don't, I like talking about my story, but I also think it's important to like, like you said, there's a lot of people out there that have not had the experience that I've had. Right. And that's, that's horrible. Like I, I can't imagine that. And so like, personally, I've always tried to like, um, listen to those people and like hear what they have to say. Cause I think that's a really um, important narrative that might get lost. Um, if you're, if you've been lucky and you don't really like think anything past that, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. Like, you might think your experiences are universal when they're definitely not. Right. Yeah. I think that's why these types of like episodes that we are trying to do with other people are so important because you yeah. know, we have your really positive, mostly positive experience that we can share. Now people can hear that and feel hopeful. You know, they don't, it, it doesn't all have to be negative because it's not always right. negative. And like you're, I don't know if you noticed, but every question I asked, you gave me a really positive answer. And that wasn't just because you had a positive experience. It was because, it's because you also have a very positive attitude. So you. you're not sitting there focusing on, and, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, of course, focusing on the negative or talking about it. It's not, I, I'm not trying to frown upon that, but I'm saying like you, you very much attract what you are giving out and that's the positivity, you know? Um, and I think that it's important that 
as as trans people who have so much negative just naturally drawn our way, it's like so important to just focus on more of the positive when we can. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, and I think it's I think it shows very much uh, in, in in your personality and also in your life. Obviously. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so so I know I know we talked about I don't want, I don't want to focus on negative so much, but um, I do like trying to like bring to light how people find positive ways to handle the negative. Right. So yeah. on, on social media, like, you know, you have a large following. Um, do you ever receive any hate on there? And, or, you know, have you had to face anything like that? And can you share how you may have navigated that sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of hate on social media. Um, <laughs> very, very fervent. Um, I would say most of the hate I receive usually comes from like the turf community. Um, what, and what is that? I'm sorry. I don't trans, know. It's okay. It's, uh, uh, it's the, not, it's the, um, trans exclusionary radical feminists. Um, I've never heard of this. Yeah. They're, what? Um, never heard of yes. this. <laughs> no. they, their beliefs are, where that, are you? <laughs> their beliefs are that trans women are actually men that are trying to socialize, um, um, the female identity and they believe trans men are um, women that are ashamed of their female oh. identity. So that's yeah. why I haven't heard yeah. of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're just kind of like misogynists, like down to the very core. Oh, this is horrible. Okay. Yeah. Continue. And they, uh, they organize really well and they like kind of have like Reddit subgroups, like they attack very quickly and like with a lot of people coming at you. So that can be a lot to deal with. Oh my um, gosh. Usually I just block them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes if like someone leaves me a nasty message, uh, I like to kind of just dismiss it with humor. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of showing like, Which it I gives love. It, like little power. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, also, it just like kind of entertains me, you know, like I'm turning this negative comment into something that like I can laugh at later. A hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, I would say, like, the best thing to do is just, like, lock those people. You don't need those people in your life. You don't need them trying to change who you are. Um, I think people get very um, consumed with other people's perceptions of them when it's good to just focus on your perception of yourself sometimes. I love that. Um, <laughs> so, like, just get them out. You know what I mean? It's, there's nothing wrong with just blocking people mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're giving you shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think Cody. I think Cody understands that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. If I looked at my block list, I have to really like scroll. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have time for it. No time for it. But I think honestly, you and Cody are my two favorite people. To I don't. I I don't even know how to say this in a positive way. But like, I love the way that you and Cody respond to people that like that post really mean messages or, or comments. Mm-hmm. I love the way that you both handle it. Like, cause you do, you have a similar style with the the humor or just trying to even like with one sentence, like what you just said makes no sense. Like your point, you're not getting a point across cause this is, you're backtracking, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, and I think that you both do such a good job and <laughs> it, yeah, you're right. Like the humor is really where you need to focus because mm-hmm. otherwise you just, uh, I think, focus too much and get too absorbed with the negativity and and it's not it's not helpful yeah and i just find that people that argue online sometimes the way that they set up a like a discussion um can be a trap sometimes like Mm -hmm. they've kind of backed you into a corner that you might not have meant to be in but it's hard to get out of it and there's 
no point in doing that because then it just gives them even more power. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's it's easy to just, like I said, blocker just mm-hmm. you know make, you take that make it lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like not worth the uh, emotional energy to that right. point. You're just like, what am I? Yeah, this is dumb. Like but a ridiculous like, comment or message. So I'm going to give yeah. it a ridiculous mm-hmm. answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And the, it's like, and people, and people ask you like, so what do you do with all the hate? Or like, how do you respond? And it's just like, uh, sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, that is like medicine for me. And it's just like, <laughs> it, it's entertaining to me. Like instead of just, I mean, sometimes you just don't respond, but when you can like actually laugh at it, I'm like, yeah, I'll respond. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. So when you have just like a perfect response, you're like, oh, this is gonna be so funny. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. It's great. I always yeah. think that like if anything, if nothing else, you know, the hate fuels conversation. Like Cody and I yeah. have fantastic conversations about <laughs> people's thought processes when they're posting oh, comments yeah. on his YouTube. Yeah. Like, what was the one you even sent me this morning? This morning, this person told me that um, men don't feel fabric how I do. Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, have you ever watched a woman shop before? They go around feeling and touching no, everything. No, grocery, and- grocery shop specifically. Have yeah. you seen women grocery shop? <laughs> and I was just like, that is the weirdest thing I have ever heard. It's that is so specific. It's so like, specific. <laughs> going around and like caressing things. It's like touching the lettuce. Yes. So <laughs> Cody and I are going to make a YouTube video of us walking around watching women at the grocery store in the least creepy <laughs> way. Of course, we're going to ask their permission, but right. we're going to, we want to, uh, this is my new idea. We're going to document how they, you know, supposedly caress the boxes before they purchase them or, you know, <laughs> just to really show it some love. Yeah. I mean, and then yeah, you I, wonder though, he obviously, how does he know so much about the way that women are purchasing items? You know, I he, think he's really that, done some research into it. Totally. Generally men aren't so observant. So I'm thinking, right. Yeah. Right. I'm, What's he, going on? not man either what's so. going on here that you're picking on us or picking on cody specifically not me <laughs> but you're picking on cody but you're kind of you're doing the same thing if you you're you're, you're hyper aware of something that you're claiming right. you shouldn't be hyper aware of so i don't know <laughs> yeah like you definitely yeah like they back themselves into the corner exactly there. And, and, and and i don't <laughs> say this i don't say this to make fun it's just of like you know when when you're mm-hmm. gonna pick out a person like cody who's just making these informative videos you know, what, what are you thinking? Where is this, what is this doing for you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how did it, how did it become a thing that yeah. you had to say? Yeah. Especially since it. this video is like a cooking video. <laughs> like it has <laughs> nothing to do with it. At all. That's hilarious. <laughs> you offended him I, with cooking. I follow I, this uh, Twitter account called mm. Hot Sis Takes. Okay. And um, <laughs> I just saw one on it the other day and it was like, um, women can't use men's razors. If they were, their skin would just come right off. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> and I just want to know, do you know from experience? Yeah. Did you, you test it? Yeah. Have you tested this theory? Because I'm curious. <laughs> well, that's hysterical. I love it. I, I think that these, like, it's, again, it's like making light of it and being able to laugh at it, I think alleviates mm-hmm. a lot of the pain that we can internalize Absolutely. and feel from it. So. Yeah. I see it as like reclaiming or just taking control of it. Like, yeah, you know? I think, I think people just like to find, like if they have issues with something, if they find sadness in something, it's always good to laugh about it. Yeah. Like that's always what I found um, throughout my whole life. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think laughter, 
is the best medicine. Isn't that the, mm-hmm. the cheesiest that's, quote? Yeah, that's the age-old tale. <laughs> the most cliche thing one could say. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about dating. Uh, okay. Because I know that this is something that a lot of people really struggle with. And I also know that it's something that allies also really struggle with to support other trans people, you know, um, in, in a dating venture, whatever it is, I know Mm -hmm. it's just, it's murky waters to tread sometimes. So what, what have your experiences been with dating? Um, I've dated pretty much everyone under the sun. I've dated cis people. I've dated trans people. I've dated non-binary people. I've dated women, dated men, dated, I've dated everybody pretty much. (laughs) Um, um, I had, um, good and bad experiences with that. Um, I don't think any of the bad experiences I have were, were because of the way someone identified or someone's identity as a whole. Um, I would say like for the most part, like I, um, am attracted to like more, um, masculine energy. Um, so that's been like the majority of my relationships. Um, yeah, I've, uh, it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been up and down, you know, good and bad. Do you um, find yourself like utilizing online dating or how, how are you, uh, you know, approaching that, the dating world? Um, I've, I've started relationships on like Instagram. That's my okay. current relationship right now. Okay. Uh, I've started relationships on Tumblr. I've started relationships um, in person before. Okay. Um, I would say online can be very tricky sometimes because people might not exactly be what you expect them to be. Sure. Um, but again, that's not every instance. Sometimes people really are who they say they are. Right. <laughs> um, and um, so I, I would say that, um, cause I've also done like long distance relationships and I, I'm in again, I'm in one right now. And um, it's definitely a lot harder than a relationship that's like you see the person more frequently um but oops sorry um but um it works and um it's worked in the past and i would say like the reasons that relationships haven't worked in the past for me um it's nothing too bad it's kind of like just a parting of ways i guess okay so nothing that is like because you are trans, this is not working. It's right. No, a natural, yeah. um, natural end to a relationship. There, uh, there has been, I think, at least one or two relationships I've had where um, they were cis and they were a good ally, but just some things they they didn't necessarily know. Um, like they um, called um, people like a transgender and okay. like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just. The little cringeworthy phrases. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I've never had an experience of a relationship where they've been like transphobic or okay. transmisogynistic or anything like that, thankfully. Um, Even with meeting people out in public for the first time or anything? like like. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, besides like relationships, yes, mm. I've had experiences. Um, sure. There's been plenty of times where I've um, talked to someone online that didn't necessarily know I was trans at first. Okay. Um, and then when I told them, it was not a great response. Um, there's been times when um, it's in my bio and someone messaged me on one of my social media platforms and um, I was supposed to hang out with this person and um, I just thought, you know what, I better be safe and sorry. Like, obviously they probably know, but like I should just tell right. them anyway. 
and they didn't know. Oh. And I don't know how. It's the very first word in my bio. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, they liked a transition picture of mine. Like, okay. there's definitely reasons why you should definitely know and not wow. be surprised when I tell you. But, like, it, it's scary you that I want to date that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, what could have happened if I didn't say anything? You know right. what I mean? So there is that fear there every time I, like, talk to somebody uh, that I don't necessarily know beforehand. Yeah. What is your... Um... How, like, how do you make sure that you're staying safe for yourself when you're, you know, meeting somebody for the first time or, you know, it, maybe they know you're trans, but, you know, you don't know if they're just saying they're comfortable. You know what I mean? I usually try to find out people's comfortability before I meet them in person. If okay. I do talk to them online, um, simply because I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm in danger. Okay. Um, so obviously I'll tell people before I meet them, um, not, not every trans person has to do that, obviously, but sure. that's my that's my personal philosophy. Um, and then I do kind of feel their comfortability level before I'm 100% okay with meeting them in person. Um, luckily, I've never met someone that has um, had issues with it. Um, there was one time I um, was um, hooking up with one person, and um, it was like the second time. And they left unexpectedly. They just got up and left because of what I have in my pants. Okay. Um, which is weird because, like, I had it the first time as well. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it like, didn't just appear, right? <laughs> right, right. So um, I would say that's probably, the like, the most negative in-person experience I've had with, like, dating or, like, things like that. Did you ever get, like, an, an explanation or, like, um, That was the explanation I got. And oh, so Okay. I just, yeah, I just kind of stopped talking to that person. Okay. Yeah. I think it's an interesting way to handle it, but okay. Yeah, right. yeah but at least they were honest. Yeah, I mean, you have to give them that. There was honesty and, and you know, I guess respect in some way. I don't know. <laughs> Trying to focus on the positive here. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's interesting. Um, yeah, I wonder what was what was going through their mind to, you know, have that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we don't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not even sure where to go with that one. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, with so with meeting people out, do you find yourself like disclosing quickly in person that you know if you've met somebody for the first time, let's say you're out at a bar or a restaurant or something, you're just meeting somebody. Do you find yourself disclosing, or do you? wait and see if like you're going to hang out again, even if it's just a friend, do you typically like right away share that? Um, I don't, it's not like the very first thing I say. I'm not like, hi, I'm Blair. I'm trans. Right. Um, <laughs> if I like meet someone for the first time, whether it's like a friendly meet or like something besides that, um, hold on, my nose is so itchy. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily disclose that right away. Um, some people don't know before I tell them. Some people do. It just kind of depends um, on where I'm at. Usually, like, in the, it's a small town. So if I go out in this small town, usually I, people already know me or I know them. Uh, but, like, I've had instances where I've been at the club and um, I've told someone. There's been instances where, I, like, I haven't told someone because I knew it wasn't going anywhere. Right. Um, I guess it depends on, like, what I expect is going to happen. Okay. That uh, makes sense. And just kind of how they interact with me also. Yeah, I'm just kind of like 
um, analyzing everything. Case by case. Can be, yeah, sometimes it can be a lot because then I'm overanalyzing at times <laughs> and then I think too much about something and I could be wrong about it. Yeah. Um, well, the but thing yeah, I, it's person by person basis. Yeah. The thing I find I struggle with is um, at what, like, at what point do you tell somebody? So I, I often am like, well, I don't know if I'm going to hang out with this person ever again. So I don't necessarily need to share, right. you know, something that's private, you know? Um, so I, I find it, I end up sometimes waiting too long and then it gets to be awkward where, you know, like one time I made a comment, it was like the second time hanging out with these people and I had not told them or I had not told the husband that I was trans. I know that uh, my partner Blair had told this person's wife, but like the husband didn't know. And I made a comment of like, I don't even remember what it was, something about going to the bathroom. And I was like, this was after a surgery, so I was having some issues. And I made a comment like, I might be a while. And he's like, you don't have to announce it. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess I don't, but I do because like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so it was just yeah. this weird. And then I'm like, now this is awkward because now am I supposed to be like, so by the way, um, <laughs> I'm uh, trans. <laughs> like, uh-huh. You know, so I, I tend to get myself into these situations where I'm just backed into back myself into a corner. So mm-hmm. I find, yeah, I, I, I always... I always try to see how people navigate that to see what, what seems like the most comfortable, but I think it's a learning process. I think it's, yeah. you know, like the case by case and trying to see what just in the moment feels best. But <laughs> I like that. I think I'm almost positive. I've like made a joke about like something being, you know, trans or whatever. And like people around me were like, what? I, I don't get what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and then you're just laughing by yourself. Like that was really yeah. funny and no one got like, to it, appreciate this. Or like you could totally offend someone. I've definitely offended people by saying things because I'm like, <laughs> you know, I've been in this other gender at some point. So like I'll joke and then I just sound like a complete asshole <laughs> because people are like, how can you say that about women? And I'm just yeah. like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like well, well I was uh, one, one. <laughs> sort of <laughs> it's like okay I could joke with my friends but mm. not necessarily like right yeah these people probably don't appreciate that <laughs> I walk on eggshells sometimes yeah yeah like what's okay and what's because you know and then so what, what Cody was saying, like, you don't want to make a joke. Like, I've made a joke before about jokingly, because, like, as a man, oh, you know, I I can get away with that. Like, strictly as a joke, right, because yeah. I did, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I did not grow up in that um in that right. role. So, like, I've made a joke before, and people are like, "The fuck is this guy's problem?" I'm like, "No, no, no I'm <laughs> like, no, it's not. I'm not like, meaning it like that." <laughs> Excuse you. Yeah, so like I've definitely come off as like an asshole completely yeah. oh, unintentionally. No, I <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, because you, in one way, I feel like for me personally, I feel like what I, I feel like I can make jokes about certain things, like of course, you know, yeah. like a menstrual cycle, like oh yeah, like my my partner and her best friend, they're both on their cycles at the same time like a couple weeks ago and I made a joke and I was like oh I feel mind cup setting on like oh <laughs> my symptoms are starting like you know teasing of course, and like yeah we're oh, cracking I always up. like to make jokes about yeah, yeah no. and, you know we're cracking it's up fun. but I'm like oh my god if anybody else heard this right now they'd be like what is this guy is such an ass like <laughs> yeah or like sometimes even if like even if your friends do know they like mm-hmm. don't know how they should respond because right. <laughs> like you might have said something like like um obviously joking like mm. offensive but like um like 
they're sitting there like, uh, should I laugh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we allowed to laugh or what do we do now? <laughs> Would that be insensitive of me? Or... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I think is something that, you know, I think that I struggle with for sure. Like, uh, how do I, how do I give permission to my friends to laugh at a joke about mm-hmm. me being trans or what, you know, a joke I make about that? You know, how do you give somebody permission Mm-hmm. To, you know what I mean? Like to feel comfortable yeah, doing that. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's like, I don't know. I think it just gets to a point. What, like, is that something that you've experienced too? Um, well, it was nice actually. The other, this weekend I hung out with um, one of my um, friends who was also a trans woman and I don't have many trans women in my everyday life. Um, so it was cool to hang hang out with them and like make those jokes. Like it was, we were just like, Oh yeah. Trans girl problems. Yeah. Um, and it was, the, it was really cool. Like we can make those jokes and like it, we both got it. Um, right. so I, I guess it was like kind of relieving. So I guess that kind of speaks volumes to, um, my kind of joking with yeah. my cis friends. <laughs> right. And so do you, it was just like such a relief. Yeah. Did you in the, um, I don't know if it's changed throughout your transition, but do, did you ever find it hard to, um, like connect with cis women or to uh you know what I mean like to have a friendship with a cis woman as a trans woman yeah definitely I think sometimes it can be really difficult especially I I wouldn't say I'm like um extremely uh feminine so I sometimes think like like um like if I hang out with a lot of my um cis female friends are very feminine so I think sometimes like, I feel like I need to be more feminine around them mm. uh, to like fit in better. Okay. Um, I don't know if like other cis girls that just aren't also really feminine feel that way. Um, or if that's exclusively a trans thing, Sure. but, uh, there are times when I feel like I might not be welcomed. Um, and I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm, not welcomed in a space. You know what I mean? Of course. What does, what does being welcomed into a space like that look like for you? Is there special wording or is it like the vibe? Like it's sometimes just things like they'll ask me to go to the bathroom with them. Uh, like that's something that's very nice. Or, um, if I'm with like, um, cis men that I, I'm friends with and they just are nice and they just like hold the door. That's also like kind of like, but that's not really like my interactions with cis women. Sure. Um, but I mean, to elaborate on that more, I would say, um, just when I see the way that they speak to their other cis friends and I see the way they speak to me, I want it to be similar because yes. I, I don't, I don't want them to look at me like I'm an other, you know what I mean? Yes, um, absolutely. So I think it's just about the way that I'm spoken to. So, so for you, it would be treat you the same way as they would treat an, a cis female friend of theirs. Absolutely. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess it depends on like who the, who the friend is and, and um, their dynamic with other women, sure. you know? Um, but that's all I would ask. Did you tend to be um, friends with more cis women growing up or cis men growing up? Uh huh. Or, or mixed. <laughs> I would say more cis women. I would say more cis women. Um, I feel like they've just always been very um, accepting and welcoming of me. And I feel like cis men have not had that experience okay. with me. Um, so 
I've definitely just kind of flocked more towards uh, cis women than cis men. Did that change once you started transitioning or has, has that stayed the same? Not really. I mean, I've always had, had cis men in my life. Obviously, I have um, my dad and my brother. Um, but I also have a few cis men that are my friends. Um, but it definitely is not. It's a lot less than I have cis women as friends. With the cis men, is there anything that you find them doing that makes you feel more comfortable or that you wish they would do or, or maybe they wouldn't do? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't like necessarily being talked to like a bro. So like when they don't talk to me like that, um, I am very responsive. Um, my one friend, um, like the other day I went to, um, I'm friends with him and his roommate um, and I went to their apartment um, before I went to this drag show and they told me I looked, um, very nice. And, oh. um, it was, yeah, it was just like really sweet. Like, like, it's just little things. Like I know yeah. that they wouldn't do this if it was, if they looked at me like a man, you right. know what I mean? So like, it's very affirming. They see you for who I, you are. Yeah, definitely. That's, oh my God, my heart. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Oh my gosh. I love when people that are not in our community are just so really supportive, so supportive and wanting yeah. to be supportive. It's like, awesome. You know, like cis men are not typically very vocal about those things. So to mm-hmm. not only express that, but to express that to you and show you that they, they see you exactly how you are. That is so, it's just so moving. Like, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love that. I always very, I always really like value my friendships with cis men because the overwhelming majority of my interactions with cis men are not good. Right. Um, so like, I'm always very appreciative when, um, I have a cis man in my life that is amazing in their support and things like that. I love that. Ugh, my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how, speaking of, you had brought up your brother, how have they been with your transition? Has there, were there any hiccups along the way or well my brother was um the first one in the family to like get the pronouns and the name down um so he's always been really really good about it um my dad when i told him the first thing he asked me he was like uh oh see are are you are you gay now and i was like no like he he wasn't being offensive he just he just didn't really i mean like it was offensive but he didn't he just didn't know what being trans was sure he's trying to understand he just didn't know yeah he was trying exactly he was trying to understand it and so like once i explained it to him he's always been very accepting and he's been willing to listen to what i have to say um i think um i've had um if i'm if i'm having any issues with my family i would say it's more with my dad than with anyone else um in when i was growing up i was i played sports he was always my coach so like we've had a very specific dynamic with each other that has changed since, um, coming out. And so I think that's been, um, taken some getting used to. Um, but he's definitely like come around and it's been, it's been really, really good the past like year. Um, there hasn't been any issues that I can think of. And he, I, I think he looks at me like a daughter. And so that's like all I can really ask of him. Sure. So it's great. Yeah. Um, they're, they're really supportive. Yeah. I think it can take time to just all get on the same page, you know? Absolutely. Um, it, ta- it takes us how many years before we come to this place, you know? Right. <laughs> we- so we should probably give these people a little bit of slack sometimes. Yeah. 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 You know, you can't expect to break news like that. And then five minutes later, you know, 
let's just carry on with the day like nothing ever happened. Right. It's just not realistic. Yeah. We're all human. <laughs> you know, we right. all deserve our emotions. <laughs> there's going to be like some obstacles that you have to like kind of work your way around. For sure. What was, did you, did you um, struggle with trying to find a doctor that could help you with the hormones and everything? Um, yeah, a little bit. It was hard. There's not a lot um, in my area. Okay. The first, like, cause I, um, when I first started, um, you still had to, see a gender specialist before being prescribed hormones, um, which is no longer the case. Um, so it was really hard finding that person that could give me the go ahead. Um, cause there were people that I met with that didn't have the authorization to give me the go ahead or whatever. Um, luckily finding like the actual doctor, my endocrinologist was fairly simple. Um, but the process before that was the harder part. Um, but my endocrinologist is pretty cool. Um, he's a quiet guy. Um, I only see him like twice, twice a year. And, um, he's, it's always the same interaction. It's like 20 minutes each time they take blood and that's pretty much it. Like it's, uh, it's not a, I don't have a bad, uh, medical experience okay. um, in that term. Do, have, has your hormone, have your hormones fluctuated at all where you've had to, um, you know, like I know for trans men or trans masculine identifying people on testosterone, it's not unusual to have to change your dose over the course of, you know, months or years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you have a similar experience as with estrogen or is that a little bit easier or? Um, I've been, um, my dosage has changed, I think changed twice. Um, so I take two pills a day. Um, well, I take two different pills, um, uh, spironolactone, which is like testosterone blocker and estradiol, which is just estrogen. Um, and I take, uh, you know what? The bottle's right here. <laughs> Let me see what my milligram is. Okay. I take two 100 milligram, um, spironolactone a day. Okay. And I take three, two milligram estradiol pills every day. Okay. So, um, that's not a lot of estrogen. Um, I've always had a very high amount of estrogen even before I started hormones. So I don't think they've wanted to like push it too far because then it can turn into testosterone. Okay. So you um, have, this, have the opposite effect. Right. So, okay. So you could have the same thing that happens to us where the opposite. But, yeah. Okay. Too mm -hmm. much can convert. Okay. I don't know how that I works. I actually recently just found yeah. out that that can also be the case with testosterone. I didn't know that okay. was the case. Right. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because cool. I had that happen before my hysterectomy. I was on estradiol also, the same one as you. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yes, because my testosterone kept converting or or I'm sorry, the, the blocker, whatever. I was on one of them to block the estrogen basically from converting. Um, mm. And then, you know, after the hysterectomy, that's not really an issue anymore. So what is the process for like with with trans women? What's the... Um, for bottom surgery, I think you have to be like a month off hormones. Okay. Um, and that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you also have to get laser hair removal. Okay. Yeah. I know it's uh, a, it's a process. Also a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just a lot overall. Mm -hmm. um, um, I know you're doing your partnership right now with, with flaunt for mm -hmm. your own surgery. Um, do you want to talk at all about the surgery? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, it's for uh, breast augmentation. Great. Um, so I there's a doctor, and that's like 45 minutes from me. Okay. Um, and a few of my friends have gone there, and like 
I like the results. So, um, I'm excited about that. It's like the, the fundraiser is about to be over. Okay. Um, have you hit your goal? And, um, for them about to be, I still have like a few hundred dollars I need more, but I'm going to like see if I can pay in like installments. Um, and then if not, then like, I mean, it's only a little bit more that I have to raise. Okay. That's awesome. Um, So yeah, it'll be happening. I, hopefully it happens. Um, are you, um, are either of you going to, um, the Philadelphia trans wellness conference? We're actually, in August? Yeah, we're actually trying yeah. to plan to go together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, um, we're just I will also be going. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm trying to have, I'm trying to get it done before that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. But um, that's cool that you guys are going. I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're definitely <laughs> trying to go. It's going to, Cody has surgery yeah. next week and I, I'm finishing my recovery oh, soon. So wow. we're, we're seeing how I think everything starts to play yeah, out. Yeah, I've never been. I've always wanted to go, too. Oh, really? So I'm like, we got to go. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, I saw uh, you went last year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we de- yeah, yeah, we I, definitely I went, went to. I went last year, and then I, di- I didn't go the year before that, but then I went the year before that. Okay. Uh, and it's really cool. It's a great time. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. So with your surgery, you don't have it currently scheduled, though. Um, no, I don't have, okay. I don't have a date for it yet. Okay. Not yet, but, okay. um, I have, I'm, I've like have an appointment to like make, make a date. Okay. Um, like I have a consultation. Are you looking um, forward to it? Oh yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. seem You seem very excited. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's not a hard recovery either. Most good. people are, are healed and, and good in a week or a week and a half. That's great. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Cool. I'm pretty stoked. That's really, really exciting. Um, yeah. I know it's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what like the, the, the trans femme experience is as far as, you know, what is most important. I, you know, for men, for trans men, it's typically like the top surgery. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know that's like such an exciting time, but yeah. Is it like, what, can you tell us more about what you feel like is important with trans, trans women? Like what, what are we missing? Right. What, you know, what, um, well, I can go into more detail about like surgeries if you want me whatever, to. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to share. Like, I don't, you know, we like as if we don't know anything because, in a sense, we don't really know anything. Right. You know, it's you, like right. we know our own experience. Right. But we don't right. really know. It. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I would say for the most part, um, the surgeries that I would say trans women get are um, bottom surgery, um, um, breast augmentation, and there's also um, facial feminization surgery. Okay. Um, that can be a lot. Um, yeah, I've heard from people that that's kind of like one of the hardest to recover from. Um, but I've known a few people that have gotten it done and, um, they're really, really happy with the results and they just seem like they're just happier being themselves. Is that, um, a surgery that's very accessible in the U S or. Yeah. Yeah. It's very accessible. Um, I don't know any doctors around here that necessarily do it. I haven't looked into it too much myself. Um, I, uh, there's also like non-surgical procedures you can have done, um, to like feminize your face as well. Um, but those aren't permanent. Okay. Um, and like I said, I haven't really like looked too much into that. Um, but those are like the ones that I know people get. Um, um, if I don't know if you guys know Steph Sanyati, no, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, she's really great. She's a um, she's a YouTuber. Okay. 
she just had um, a Brazilian butt lift, um, and it looks fantastic. Oh, great. She looks great. Yeah, and she's like, so yeah. happy. It's so awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just kind of different things that people want with their, I guess, whatever they decide to do. Okay, so um, the Brazilian butt lift would help with what? Like, it would give you more of a, a curvy figure. Okay. Sometimes the way that um, bone structure works, you mm-hmm. know, you don't have those curves, and it can be very dysphoric and do things. Sure, yeah. Um, Whereas I have the curves. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird to think of, like, how they're opposite, but it's, like, the same feeling. It's, the same, it's like, the same problem, but we have to do, yeah. like, opposite. You know what I mean? Like, you want like, it. Yeah, like, switch or, like, I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, every time every time I hang out with uh, a trans man or a trans masculine person, yeah. we always, yeah, do you, do you, like, want to switch? Like, is that, just, like, do, come behind the closet? Just, like, do you know how, do you know how, like, ideal that would be like you just you know yeah, fi- find be, someone partner up exactly. with them a little bit like hey let's do we'll do a swap procedure <laughs> I'm just like mr and mrs potato head pieces yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly that would be fantastic i bet you there will be a doctor somewhere that will try to do that Guaranteed. oh i'm sure yeah i'm sure okay so so i hear you with the bbl that that makes sense what else? So like if there was somebody who wanted to transition, you know, male to female and what would be their steps or like what is and I know everybody's different, of course. What is like the quote typical path that or, you know, what is the most not even the path? What is most important typically to like a trans woman? Because I know some want electrolysis, some want the um, right. augmentation. What What do you find is like? more of the like the the thing like top surgery typically is like the trans men thing like that they need kind of Mm -hmm. what what's your experience Um, i would say either facial feminization surgery um or breast augmentation that's a common one electrolysis that's very common um you know i guess it just kind of depends on people's uh what they what they want with their body you know um how they what they were born with you know Mm -hmm. uh Thankfully, I've been born. I'm very curvy. Okay. Um, so I don't know exactly what I want to do. Um, um, I guess I, I just kind of let my dysphoria decide that for me. Sure. Um, you know. <laughs> um, but I would say, like, those are probably the most common ones that I see, at least in the um, trans feminine community. Okay. How's like insurance been? Because I know for us, it's often a struggle mm-hmm. getting things covered. It's probably pretty struggle, pretty much struggle um, for you guys too. Yeah, um, you know, off insurance. I think bottom surgery for trans women is like eighteen thousand dollars. Okay, so it's not um, as much, thankfully, but still a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, eighteen thousand. Yeah, breast augmentation. Depending on where you go, it's like seven thousand dollars. Okay. Uh, five thousand dollars you know somewhere in between that range um my the insurance i have it's with my parents at the moment um and that does cover parts of both of those oh okay um but i'm only covered on that until i'm 26 right um so i mean i'll I'll obviously getting my breast augmentation within the next uh few months um but i don't know as far as bottom surgery what my schedule is like for that but but insurance will does insurance cover does some cover, okay yeah yeah some of it okay. I'm not sure exactly 
how much, but because right. it kind of like changes every time I've checked. Um, I think it's but great yeah, that they, they don't see it as cosmetic or anything. Like I think that's awesome because I know that. Well, there's also like there's pl- there's like certain places as well that like will like there's a place in New York. I think it's like Albany, New York, okay. that like doesn't see it as like elective cosmetic surgery. Okay. Uh, so I think it's mostly covered there, and like other places are starting to like take suit as well. Okay. And what about electrolysis? Do they do they typically cover? No. Nope. Nope. And it's expensive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And like, you have to go multiple sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, it's painful yeah. and it leaves marks on your face, but like they go away, obviously. Right. Um, so yeah, that's a lot. Um, in terms of like bottom surgery, there's like, sometimes there's like two surgeries involved where like they create the vagina and then like the second surgery is like the 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 lips okay so they do it separately yeah okay yeah is that for from what you know is that because of complications or um just because it's it's hard to do all of that in one surgery that makes sense Uh, you have to let the 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 vagina heal Uh but and there's no there's no graft involved with that right like there is for foul plastic no yeah there isn't no they um they, oh wait, that well they do graft from the um, from the existing yes. genitalia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but but you're not get you don't like somebody wouldn't need a graft from a different part of their body the way that. No. Yeah. Okay. No. It would just yeah. It wouldn't wouldn't take from like your arm. Right. Right. Okay. So interesting. <laughs> I know. I know. Um. I know that the. I think so. I spoke to somebody who had that done, and she was saying that it was more painful than phalloplasty, but for a shorter amount of time. So like, she only said that, I think it was like two weeks that she was in like excruciating pain. Yeah. But then that's was, what I've heard. yeah, but then like was kind of, I don't want to say fine, but you know, then was progressively much better pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Whereas with us, it's like, you know, pretty much like a couple months where you're really not, uh, typical person <laughs> right so i think it's like how you back on your feet yeah so you know it's you think about like which one's worse <laughs> you know do you, the the pain for really excruciating pain for two weeks or you know yeah. more level pain for a long amount of time i know that like if you get bottom surgery you then have to like dilate um yeah. and that's kind of like the rest of your life um but that gets easier with time okay uh, so yeah I, they i mean they both seem like a lot yeah i think it's all a commitment <laughs> right yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah um i do wonder if if uh there's more of the uh trans femme bottom surgeries done in the u.s than there are trans men like i'm curious i don't know the answer yeah i'm not sure Just what to... the, yeah um <laughs> when i went to that when i went to the conference um there were quite a few um um surgeons there that performed uh bottom surgery on trans women okay um um and they had like workshops where they like um showed some of their work and like talked about it further and like it was it was cool to like see they're kind of like all over the country okay um i'd say it seems like a lot are on like the west coast okay um there's a lot in canada um i feel like there's probably more of those surgeons in the u.s and not to say that 18,000 is cheap, but 18,000 is more ac- accessible for most people than, you know, upwards of a hundred thousand. 
So I, I think maybe that would make sense then why there would be more, more of those mm-hmm. surgeons around. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how much is a uh, phalloplasty? Well, I got my I got my bill like a couple months ago. <laughs> Mine was, I think it was a hundred and sixty four thousand. After I had I had two ER visits, so that added like thirty thousand. I think, I think it was around that. But my insurance covered yeah. like all of it basically. I I, really? I I paid only a couple. That's like, amazing. A couple thousand. I paid yeah. less for this than I did my top surgery. That's um, amazing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I don't remember exactly what it ended up being, but it was it was under t- it was under ten thousand, considerably under ten thousand. So yeah, they billed my insurance two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I was just like. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> thank God for insurance. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely nearing the probably. I probably am close to like three hundred thousand as far as now with all my comp, like with the complications I've oh, had. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. upwards of like <laughs> close to three hundred. Because even, uh, oh my god, even like getting a stricture fixed, the bill was like yeah. thirty thousand yep. dollars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. And I and I've had th- I've had three. <laughs> Uh, yes, you're definitely uh, yeah. You're expensive. I've had like I've had a hundred thousand dollars worth of just complication surgeries. <laughs> god, oh my god. Yeah, so you know they're both That's crazy. They're both a lot of money, but I can see yeah. why there would be more doctors doing like the vaginoplasty. You know, it's a little bit more accessible. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. No, I definitely. I did not know it was that expensive. Yeah, it's oh really. I, and and you know that's why you don't see a lot of trans guys having it because there's if you don't have insurance. Yeah, you're not affording like, this. Fuck. There's yeah. no, nope. I mean, who can afford that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I cannot imagine. It's a crazy that's amount of crazy. money. Yeah, and then that's that's you know even if awesome you, insurance though. Yeah, and like yeah. even if you are lucky enough to be able to afford that surgery, like who is to say you don't end up with all these complications and that you know one hundred thousand that you maybe saved up for is now <laughs> half a million uh, yeah. that you're spending. Yeah. There's you're just. Screwed. You know, there's, and you can't say, yeah. oh, can we go backwards? Like, can we just stop here? Like, no, <laughs> you're stuck. Right. So, yeah. Um, I do want to ask you something else that I just popped into my head. Um, what? Okay. So please correct me on any phrasing that is not okay. But we had been, Cody and I were talking about something. Uh, we have noticed that tra- it seems like transmasculine people are uh more um i don't know how to word this like there's a lot more posts by trans masculine men who post about feeling feeling their dysphoria um and they express what that 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 feels like for them you know there's a lot of talk of that uh i i see very often and we kind of realize in that conversation that i don't see the same representation for trans women um, I don't want to speak for non-binary, but I, I, I just see that obvious difference. Is this something you've ever noticed or do you like, what, what is your feeling on, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it could be a variety of things. Um, I do think that um, a lot of trans women um, decide to live uh, stealth um, so they don't, want to disclose the fact that they are trans um is that safety like on certain reason? people's huh is that for like yeah, safety, safety reasons 100 percent. Okay. yeah 100 percent. um and so like i don't necessarily see as many like transition pictures for okay. example from trans women as i do trans men um 
And I really do think it has to do with like their environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think, like you said, like, I, I think there is less um, violence. I think there's like, I think it's, um, trying to think how to word this. I think there's more room for trans men to express themselves than there is for trans women. Yeah. I think. For the most part, I think trans women um, face a lot of the violence in the trans community. Absolutely. Uh, specifically trans women of color. Right. Uh, so I think it can be hard to like express that. I, can also, I also think it has something to do with how these women were raised growing up. Okay. Um, I know for me, I um, was definitely raised um, as a boy. Like That's how I was taught to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, boys aren't really taught to like express their feelings in that way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be hard in that aspect and it's kind of hard to like unlearn those behaviors that you are conditioned to, to believe, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, so I think it's kind of a variety of things. I think they can all play a part. Um, you know, I, 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 I guess it just depends on, like, I, I think I've said it a few times. It just depends on the, sure. the person, what they're comfortable with. I always, I always find it. I always think it's amazing when I see trans women post transition pictures. Cause I, I just don't see it that often. And like, yeah, I just love yeah. seeing people live their truth, but I also understand why people, um, choose to be stealth. Like I completely understand that. Yeah. I, I think, I think that, um, it, like the safety thing makes total sense to me. Cause that's, to me, that was my first, feeling was you know um dr- when you when you're bringing up dysphoria you're writing a caption about dysphoria it, you know without necessarily intending to you're obviously making yourself vulnerable by yeah. by just expressing your simple feeling of in that moment that that's a very vulnerable thing mm-hmm. so in doing so you are uh, kind of inviting responses to that in some way or in re- inviting an audience obviously it's on mm-hmm. social media so I think um, to me, it felt like as an outsider, not seeing trans women sharing their dysphoria or sharing, like you're saying, transition pictures, um, that it's too, you're, they're drawing too much attention to themselves. There's too much vulnerability put on them, but not that it's hard, it's hard for them to express it, but more of it makes you feel unsafe. Yeah. So, yeah, like, um, like I, I, think I have a tough skin for the most part. I think I can handle mm-hmm. negative responses and feedback, but I know that some people definitely can and it's it's hard and you know, I don't I don't judge anyone for that. I I completely understand that. Yeah. Um I also think that it's hard because I think um um women are just kind of taught to compete with one another and so sometimes when you feel like you aren't competing the way that someone else is, you feel like there's no point. You know what right. I mean? So do you so feel like, like there is that competition in the, in the trans femme community? Yeah. Okay. 100%. Okay. I do think that's the case. Um, I see it all the time and it's unfortunate. Like whenever I see one of my friends, um, having surgery or like, you know, doing something to further themselves, um, I'm always so happy for them. Even yeah. if I haven't received or done that myself yet, I'm mm-hmm. still like, I don't necessarily feel that jealousy right um and i i know from other people's experiences that, that they definitely do get jealous and i get being jealous sure. of course like if you see someone else that you know doing something that you want to do like you're going to be jealous sometimes right uh, but i think it can be i think it can like breed 
um, a hostile environment for trans women. I think uh, um, trans men organize better than trans women. Um, okay. And I and I think it has a lot to do with like competing and and the harshness of the of that world. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, I think it's interesting you're saying that because I feel like trans men really compete with one another and really. Oh uh, yeah. Like I don't feel like there's much well, support within our community. I feel like. Like yeah, right, I, Cody. <laughs> just I mean honestly, uh, I feel like. But the saddest thing is that a lot of the hate received comes from within our own trans masculine community. And it is really sad and horrible. And it's either some sort of competition or whatever, or I don't know. But I think also, in a sense, when we take pictures, part of what Nash was trying to say, I think, <laughs> is that <laughs> um, when we take selfies or whatever, like oftentimes we hide it with uh, dysphoria instead of saying like, Oh, I just look fucking good today. Yes. Like of I, course. how I look, it's like, Oh, I have dysphoria and I feel this, but in reality they're looking for compliments or they feel good. Right. And it's just like, right. is, are we doing it this way because we were raised in making it so we weren't supposed to like how we look? Because if we are raised female, like a lot of the times it's not okay to be confident or, like how you look so it's kind of like we were looking at uh trans women who are just like rocking it they're just like yeah. i like i look at today i love my hair and it's just like why can't we do that yeah, like, like owning that shit I understand. <laughs> uh, I, yeah i i hear what you're saying and i think it's a lot of like you know like kind of fake it till you make it mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's what i've done yeah. um in some instances i know a lot of trans women that are also the same way like they're very confident. And then like, sometimes they get very self-conscious about those things that they were confident about. So I think it's the same thing where it's like, they're trying to like receive those positive, that positive feedback, mm -hmm. um, on those things that they are self-conscious about yeah. without actually saying they're self-conscious self about right. it. A little more yeah. hit a message kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What ways do you, um, experience like dysphoria or how do you, how do you handle it for yourself? Um, usually I try to be around others. Um, I find my, my best, um, medicine is when I, um, can just like be around my support staff okay. that I know sees me for me. And when I'm not seeing myself for myself, I know that they see myself for who I am. Yeah. So it's nice when I'm not always feeling that way that they, they still are. Yeah. Um, so I just like to surround myself with that. Totally. Um, um, sometimes it's, it's, there's no real like solution for it sometimes I just kind of like just lay in my bed for a little bit you know what I mean because I'm just down so I guess I just I handle it differently depending on how the severity of how dysphoric I'm feeling um there are times when I'll also like post a picture um if I'm dysphoric on a day because I know that I'll, I'll also receive that that positive affirmation yeah um and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that can be a really beautiful and and, of course, and yeah. healthy and positive thing. Um, I think that for me, like community has always been like I always say, everything's like a team effort. Um, like we're we are a community. Like we very much should be a team. Uh, you know, even yeah. with our podcast, Cody and I have said from day one, like just because we're hosting it doesn't mean this is ours. This is like right. we want this to be a community thing. Like. Um, and that has always felt really important to me. And 
so I, I guess for me, like, I totally understand getting jealous. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't get jealous. I, of course, <laughs> I think that is a very human emotion. Yeah, it yeah, is a yeah. very natural human emotion. But what I won't do is uh, engage in that jealous behavior with other people because right. it, it only harms me. It only makes me feel badly. And why do I right. want to feel badly about myself? I'd much rather yeah. feel happy. Um, right. Yeah. There's like, there's no, there's no winner. Yeah. And I don't mean that to sound like it's so easy. Like you just decided you're going to be happy. I'm not trying to say that, but, um, I think that we get, we get very caught up in the competition aspect and that can sometimes come out in, in transition photos, like saying like, look how I was before Look how I am now. Right. Right. But not in a healthy way of like, look at how much I've grown. Look at how much, you know, like, and it's, it's that negativity, which, I think further divides us um, because we, we can connect over these positive things if we choose to. And that's, I wish that there was more of that. Yeah. Well, I think if we choose to stop fighting over words and mm-hmm. all that stupid, like we fight over the most tiny little things. And I feel like maybe, maybe what we are actually fighting for has nothing to do or fighting over has nothing to do with like the big picture. No, like, it's I, almost like you're in a relationship and you're nitpicking each other and mm-hmm. like, that's not the actual yeah. problem. There's like a bigger issue. So right. if only we could solve the bigger issue and then just all stop fighting so much. <laughs> yeah, there no, isn't the, the thing is, I think people often forget, like, I think people feel like there's not enough love or attention for everyone in this world, but there absolutely yeah. is. And yeah. there's also no reason why we can't give that to each other. Like I will, right. Cody, like, you know, I will cheer you on all day long for whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Like I will do that for <laughs> anyone in my life. And I, yeah. I wish that there was more of just like the mutual like support and, and cheerleader type thing of just, yeah. w- there's plenty of room for us to all succeed. <laughs> right. You know? Totally. Uh, yeah. I'll like, sometimes I'll try to, and like post things that kind of like show that like it's not one drastic change to another. There's this huge room of growth mm-hmm. and it's it's a process. And like I have found that really like like the messages I've gotten from that have been so supportive. Yeah. More so than just these like one drastic to a different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like um You're giving people hope. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, that's what it, I mean. That's what I feel like it is. You show people that there is hope, there is possibility. I think that's like important. I think you know. I, I think it's you have to be realistic in the sense that it's definitely not something that changes overnight. You mm-hmm. know. And but I think like I think showing that and like being vulnerable in that aspect um, can allow other people to be vulnerable in that aspect. Mm-hmm. You know change creates change creates change creates change yes so like you know you just got to be like that one little pebble and then like all the little ripples yeah and when you're giving yourself permission to to do that in turn you're also kind of giving somebody else permission to do that for themselves who's not there yet to give themselves the permission so like that's what i said like you're giving somebody hope because they're obviously not able to grasp that hope for themselves and like that's where you stepped in you know in, in, indirectly kind of, but you filled the, like a really beautiful spot for them. And I think that's why like the visibility of the people who can safely be visible is so important. Yeah. You oh, know? visibility is so important. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, visibility is what like made me feel confident in coming out. Mm-hmm. Like it's important to see these, these like, I, I don't like to say role models. Um, I like 
just kind of say like, um, <sighs> like, like life models, I yeah, guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, like you, like, I don't think, I don't want anyone to like be like me. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I find it's great that I like can inspire others to be themselves. To be themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we all need sure. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like everyone. even I used to look up to certain people, like just looking at, you know, transition photos or something, it's something that tells you, oh, you can take this journey as well. Like mm-hmm. if this is what you want to do, you can do it too. If I can do it. So it's kind of like, there's still definitely positive things to take away from all of that. Of course. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, there's good and bad and everything. Yin, <laughs> sure. yin and yang. Absolutely. <laughs> um, do you have anything else that you want to share? Um, or anything that like strikes you that's important. You think people you know, need to know about? I think it's really important. I may have touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think it's really important that in this huge community, we look to those who um, have the most to say and um, who have the least platform to say it on. And I think that is trans people of color. And um, I think it's just important to, um, like for me, I keep in mind, like my experiences, any like bad experiences I've had, I think about it. It's just like, I see these trans women of color being murdered in, in like mass and it's just horrible. And yeah. like, and I feel like a lot of the visibility I see is like white trans women. Um, but there's so many, um, trans people of color out there and they need those, um, those, um, they need that visibility as well. Um, so I guess that's just kind of like, um, something I wanted to throw out there. Yeah. I appreciate that because I think it's important. It's, it, it gives us uh, a chance to see where we can do better, I think. Right. Um, and, and as a community, I mean, it gives the community the opportunity to see where we can do better. And I think absolutely for me as like a trans masculine identifying person, I find it very difficult to, uh, know how to support, um, trans women or non-binary people or trans women of color or, you know, um, anybody who's not trans masculine and not, it's not for a lack of trying, but it's for a lack of knowing how to, of course, you know? Yeah. Um, we don't have the, we don't have as much of the information as we need given, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. not readily available for us as it, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's why there's so much misinformation about trans people is mm-hmm. just because the education is so piss poor. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, that, I think that translates, I think, I think, um, um, trans people of color don't have the voice that they should have in the community. And that's not, you know, from lack of trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's always just something important that, um, we as trans people need to remember. Yeah. Um, if you I, know, just, just something I just wanted to No, I appreciate that. And, <laughs> Like if anybody's listening and has, if you are a trans person of color or if you have ways that we can further like support you or somebody, you know, or just that community, like we want to know. So, you know, that's important, uh, for people to hear. I think, you know, we, we really, we need to do better no matter what. So wherever that's going to start, like, you know, let, let me know, let Cody know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Let your friend Start know. Here. <laughs> yeah. Let Email Blair us know. at nash at Yeah, <laughs> .org. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's super important. Like I, I, I want to be able to do better personally. Um, and then, 
you know. Me, yeah, me as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. Well, uh, unless you have anything else to share, we. Um, I I I I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, if you guys have any other questions. No, that's great. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Transitional Wisdom Podcast. If you feel like you would like to share your story or share a topic that you would like to hear about, feel free to email us at nash at transitionalwisdom.org or visit our website and submit your story at www.transitionalwisdom.org. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes, and we will see you next time. Who knew this would happen? A magic potion could save my life. Who knew that these feelings had a name? I'm worthy of change, same as you are. Mirror, mirror, don't you judge me. Don't you dare. Who knew I was capable of loving? Who is there? Staring back, I said, staring back at me. I love my shell, I love my scars, enough for the book.